0: All right, so your your husband happens to be John Williams. <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> just one royalty check. That's all we would love to get, by <laughs> <laughs> especially a Star Wars one. That'd be great. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, how how much fun is it to say that? Oh, by the way, my, I'm married to John Williams. Oh,
1: it's so fun. I I had a little boy recently. Because he, of course, has no idea how old the, old, the real John Williams is now. Right. So he, I handed him the book of John Williams songs, and he goes, oh, cool. <gasps> is that your husband?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no.
0: No, no.
1: Now, he has fooled. Um, his brother is a professor at a Bible college in Idaho, and he actually called John up one time because he had them convinced. They were a little skeptical, but John got on the phone, and, and they convinced him that, yes, he was related to the John Williams, until someone finally looked up how old he was. But right, of course, of course,
0: it's it's funny how how you know my teacher, one of my teachers, uh, convinced his class that he had lived in the closet. Oh no! Yeah, well, or like like in the clo- in the schoolroom closet. Yes. And while he. And he, he got to the point where he put a sleeping bag in there. That's fabulous. He, well he was like, Well, there's a kitchen, there's a the showers in the gym, there's and he just it's like you never see me leave and never see me come in, do you? And yeah. the class was like, No, we don't. Oh no. So then we start asking, do you live here too? <laughs> <laughs> and it's a bunch of middle schoolers. <laughs> and I'm like, fabulous. that is hilarious. What it a is. prank to pull on the, Yes. on a bunch of kids and, and all these teachers like what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, well, they see, the good news is too, you know what I mean? Being John Williams, he knew a lot, though. Right. And he's also a fan of pretty much every movie John Williams has ever done the music for. So it was pretty easy. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm sure. And when I, when I, it didn't click for me when I was like, because uh, you, you had given me your, your email and I was yeah. like, John, John, John! What? Wait, wait a minute! <laughs> so I had, to, I had to clarify with myself, like, no, this is not the right. It's this not is, the John Williams. Because I, I was like, I was about to hype myself up for something yes. way bigger than I thought it was.
1: <laughs> oh, that's fabulous!
0: But yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a fun little quinky dink.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is.
0: So, what is it like to uh, balance your work life with your married life and your kids' life? And I'll, I'm sure it sounds like it's quite intertwined. A little oh, bit.
1: yeah, very much so. Um, Really, I just, I, I, with the teaching, I would basically every year figure out how many hours can I actually dedicate to this. Mm. Um, and for a while, I even did some teaching outside of my home. I would, you know, like rent a space in my church or something just to keep it a little bit more separate. Um, as they got a little older, as we moved back to Pennsylvania, I didn't bother with that as much because they were just, they had their own lives going by the time they were teenagers. They had their own jobs and their own classes they were going to and stuff um, so every year I would just figure out how many hours can I realistically do. Mm. And, um, and that's what, how many students I would allow to fill up the schedule. Cause it always did. I mean, that was, that was the one thing, um, teaching, uh, privately is a lot of fun and it's just like any other private or uh, small business that you run. The longer you do it, the more your name gets out there and you have to start making up. Okay. When do I accept new students? When do I tell them to call me? Even because I'm to that point where I just tell people, I because I won't even answer questions because it's kind of pointless to answer questions when in three months when I actually you typically open up a little to students like each fall or each winter, mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm gonna ha- even have space, you know? Because right. for a few years there, like I didn't. I mean, I think there was like three years in a row there I just didn't open to new students, so. You just you – just, you come up with all of your little things as you go. Um, my kids, ju- they just kind of got used to – it's the same as if I was doing any other part-time job. The only nice thing was I often didn't have to pay for a babysitter for some of it. Sometimes <laughs> I would – you know, sometimes I would do it when they were certain places or in certain groups, which was nice. you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that – so that it, so, it, so they weren't always right. having to wait on me. But like I said, you know, at each different age and each different stage, I would just tailor the number of hours – one of the hardest things was songwriting while they were little, though, simply because I had a hard time dedicating the time.
0: Oh, so because you got little monsters. Yeah. Around all well, the And also,
1: like, I found that I would get so lost in the process <laughs> that if they came in and interrupted it, I'd snap at them. Oh, so yeah. And yeah. I was like, Oh, I didn't want to be bad mom. Yeah,
0: that's not <laughs> so, good. <laughs> so I,
1: I had to learn like, what kind of parameters do I put on it? Because I also had to put the parameters on of saying, but if I'm going to be a healthy individual, still using my God given gifts, mm-hmm. I had to find the places to use it. And so, you know, I focused a little more on worship in those days, and just kind of wrote more as it came to me. And then also, like, if an idea came, I would schedule it, I would say, I'm going to work on that idea during this time when mm. they're off at soccer or, you know what I mean? Or I'm going to take a Wednesday night and not go in to choir practice um, because, uh, or not go in until, until worship team and I'm going to stay home and I'm going to work on that, on that song idea so that I had the freedom to pour myself in right. and not be
0: <laughs> right, of you it, just it,
1: ruined that take.
0: <laughs> it'd be that I'm, I'm singing a worship song and then they come in like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> Your guy says, "What are you doing here?" Right, right, right. right. Get out of here.
0: <laughs> have you ever seen that? The like, there's a uh, one of the most hysterical clips I've ever seen on like a news blooper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where uh, they're doing an the interview and and then the kids like start walking in. Uh, Wow. And the and the wife is trying to just in the background <laughs> trying to grab him and give them out. <laughs> like that's so funny.
1: I love stuff like, I think I feel like during covid we saw a lot of that. When we people were doing so the, the that. work from home things and their kids were like in the background. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Their white the their partners just desperately trying to grab like <laughs> kids are kids are always Here's a story I forgot to tell cuz you mentioned uh you didn't want to take a shower. Oh, oh my baby. word, yes. Um, it was
1: first child syndrome.
0: My mother would always have to take the quickest showers because I was an escape artist.
1: Oh my word. Oh, Sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm glad I didn't hear this story when they were little. But good.
0: But well, I mean, I, I, she would put me in my little playpen, you know, stuff that shouldn't, kids shouldn't be able to climb out of. Yes. And she would quickly uh, she she told me she would she would already be ready for the shower. When she put when she put her, me in yes. because she knew She only had the, this many minutes. <laughs> this many minutes and I'd be already out making all sorts of havoc. And so I I I wonder if it's ever gonna bite me in the butt when I have kids.
1: Probably. <laughs> and maybe maybe we'll just have
0: to sit them there and we'll have to so I keep my eye on them while I'm in the shower and just Make sure they're not doing anything suspicious. You've got it. Or just
1: come up with those activities you know work. Oh, yeah. You give them you a color book. You just know. Yes. Yep. There's this one thing that they will get lost in and yep. run.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then run away. Yeah, right. Well, that was my that was my problem. I I uh, was very hyperactive as a kid, so I'd always be running. And I'd always find the stupidest things to make me entertained. For, for example... Um, I still some I'm maybe ashamed to admit this, but I sometimes still do this, because <laughs> uh, it just feels really weird in a nice way. So I I will uh get on the floor <laughs> and like crawling, and but my head will be on the on the carpet, and just oh, the way okay. it moves through my hair, and, my, and like you still like shadows. that, it That's feels funny. nice. <laughs> there you go. It feels nice. <laughs> I I it's rare. Uh, let's say – because I don't want anybody catching me too. Right. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. But whatever
0: – everyone gets goofy in their But now everybody life. knows, so – Now everybody knows, <laughs> but who cares? I don't care. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, it's it's whatever it, – pe- late in the night when people yep. get goofy. <laughs> Last night I caught myself singing the Wii theme to myself. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but, you know, uh. people get goofy, and I just you – know, I was just like, rah, rah, being stupid. You know, being – even adults. Being a kid, come Even, on, yeah, exactly. On. Being, being, yeah, and it's right. probably
1: just a comfort thing now. Maybe you know, just that brings back the. I found comfort in this.
0: I tell you what, I used to hit my head on the pillow because it made my parents laugh.
1: Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. that was always my son. He was the one who, like, anything to get a laugh.
0: Yeah. And you anything. had to be really
1: careful because he was really good at it. And we we don't know how many times we've we've always talked about like how many times we'd have to step out of the room as a parent. Because you just wanted to laugh but you knew you couldn't
0: there are I teach children how to swim and they get mad and some of the things that kids do when they get mad oh, yeah. are hilarious yes. they, they'll be they'll be like a little a little short person stomping their feet at you in the cutest way and it's so funny
1: and you, and you always and wonder who are they imitating too because you know how often it is
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but you can't laugh at it because you know yes. feelings are valid and you can't diminish those feelings. Yes. Or else bad things happen. That's
1: wild. Uh, My son quit acting for years because he was in a play. I want to say he was 10 years old, nine, 10 years old. And he had this very important line because he was one of the bad guys Mm. in the play who was like always trying to get in the way of, I can't remember what the, I really just don't even remember what the play was. I just remember he took his role so seriously. And the children's director at that time, had written this play, and it was just a cute, very funny play. But Josh was one of the bad guys, and he, like I said, she made them do character development and everything. Mm. So cute. So he was on it, and he stepped forward and did his big role, and he kind of, like, they, they got put in their place, basically, and he walked off, and his head starts to bow, and he turns around, and he goes, sorry. And it was so perfect and so adorable. Everybody in the audience laughed. He was furious because it was his big moment to show that he had changed his heart. Right. And he was so upset he wouldn't act. He quit being in even my any he wouldn't take any acting roles in my choirs or anything after that. And it's so funny because now he's just now in his twenties getting back into improv somewhere in at a local place in Norfolk, Virginia, where he lives. And it took that long. So you're right
0: those childhood
1: feelings like he that was a serious role he knew it it, took it seriously wanted to show the change of heart and when people laughed nothing I could say about how well it was done that's really what they were laughing at because it was so adorable and so well done it didn't matter
0: and, he was too hurt. Yeah, kids don't understand the yeah. comedy of the scenario. Yes, exactly. And it, because it's it's like The Office. It's like watching something sincere happen, but it is hilarious. Yes,
1: exactly. Just because the context. The context I mean, they're children, yeah. and you didn't. The other thing is, I think for the adults, no one expected right this little kid to be that. You know, you're like, oh, that's a. You know what I mean? Uh, that's right, what yeah, you're thinking. Yeah. Like, wow, but
0: yeah, it, it's 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 a daily because. It's really funny. Um, uh, some of the kids really freak out when you have because I'm teaching them how to float. Yeah. So I'm like grabbing their head and like you're and and they're like crying bloody murder. Right. I'm like you want to sing old McDonald? Like yes. I was <laughs> <laughs> yes! like, old oh, McDonald had a farm, and the and, and I'm like, what do they have on the farm? A cow. <laughs> <laughs> Distraction. It's like how does the cow go? It goes moo. It's, like, it's like it's really hard not to laugh. Yes. Yes. And it, because it's but but it's so important. It's to nod, so though. important not to yes. because they're having their You're big molding. feelings, and yeah, and and you don't want them to bottle up those feelings because as as adults who have already bottled up feelings know yes. how it goes. Yes. So it, well, and, it's really
1: wild because this summer I have been running working through the book The Artist's Way, and I don't remember the lady's name who wrote it. But it has you write your three pages of stream of consciousness writing every morning called The Morning Pages. So is stream it's, of
0: consciousness, is this when you don't think, you yeah, just you write? Don't, well, yeah, okay. you just,
1: and, and of course, I'm a thinker, so I start thinking about what I write. But she's basically like, just don't stop yourself. Just keep writing. Mm. Even if some of what you're writing just feels mundane or silly, write it. And it could be creative writing. It could be just what I'm feeling that day. It could be anything. Um, they, it's been, it's been fabulous though. It's been really helping me like unlock my creativity after a year where I let myself teach a little too much mm. and try to be creative still. Um, there is a limit. That's what I have the other thing I found. A limit. If you teach so much that you're not letting your, your creativity out, you do kind of squelch. Just because it's just so much routine and mundane, and no, and not the right finger, no. <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> tuck, yep, that, yep. tuck that thumb on that scale. You know, so much of that that you you don't you you. There's nothing left to be creative with. And so I've been kind of trying to rejuvenate this summer, and I've been doing those. And she encourages what they call artist dates to go out and just feed yourself as an artist. Go oh, to that museum. Yes. Go on that walk out in nature. Do something. So I've been challenging myself with that. But one of the exercises is contacting those childhood traumas or those childhood voices Mm -hmm. that get you to stop writing. And it's funny because one of the things we talked about earlier was not sharing your gift because you think you're being arrogant or you're being a show off. And one of the early voices in my head being a church singer, though, was, you're you're just showing off. You're doing it for all you're the wrong reasons. The Lord. You're not doing yes. And people yep. judging whether or not
0: You are Yes.
1: Yeah. And once one of them was I remember this one vividly. I was in high school and I was and it was on it was a date. Like I was just during, it was a very casual kind of dating situation, yet, but I was at his family's house and they found that I had sung at this church and they had paid me fifty dollars to sing at this little church. They were being nice. It was some high schooler right. who's saving up for college. And they wanted to support me because they loved what I was doing and they loved the music. So I took it as that. Thank you. You know, this, he condemned me. Like he was just like, you should never take money for singing for the Lord. And that's just not right. And it was funny how well that conversation still plays in my head.
0: Right. Like I
1: still remember uh, it vividly. And I wonder how many times have I held back from sharing because I was so afraid that people would think that about me.
0: Right. No, I mean, it's.
1: But I, you have to learn as an artist. You have to just share their response to your art is theirs.
0: It's, the, it's not on and you. the
1: only thing you can do is try with your whole heart to to have a pure motive. But, you know, you can't, you can't. You I can't, can't change yeah, someone's I opinion. Yeah, I can't. I'm gonna walk away from this podcast today, and I can't change your opinion of me. Right. I can just share as whole, and as be as real as I can be, and be as genuine as I can and be, and just hope that, that it works. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because it's on them, you right. know. And and you got to trust God too to, yes. to work on their heart too.
0: Yeah, and it's great. And there's two sides of that. Yes, there, there there is the times where people need to be real with you. Yes, um, but. If you know in your heart that you are doing it for this blank reason, that's on them.
1: Yes. Exactly.
0: And besides, it's probably especially when it comes to the church, this is something that is has bugged me for a while. It's like, Oh, you shouldn't get paid because you do this for the church. I'm like, The pastor gets paid. That's
1: right. Exactly. Should
0: he should he preach for free?
1: Exactly. And an artist can't keep creating if they're not
0: getting something
1: because it it takes you how many hours like they sit there and go well it was a three minute song do you know how many hours (laughs) i poured into that even just having the like especially if especially if i'm sharing at a church i want to make sure what i'm saying to you is theologically correct too right so i've had to pour myself into god's word into good teaching into you know and then besides all the hours you took to be the musician that could create a song like that Exactly. T- yes. Yeah.
0: T- <laughs> it, this, this has been like twenty years in the making, by exactly. the way. Exactly. Because I without if I didn't have any of those one years, it wouldn't be where it is now. Yes.
1: And do they pay for the coffee they put in the lobby? Or do they get it for free because it was for, for, the it's church? Just for the Lord? No. Yeah. You're gonna go pay for that coffee. Do you pay at,
0: Chick-fil-A? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> for that meal you're gonna give your volunteers. Yes, you do. Right. So pay that artist something because because let's you face it you can't pay what they what they poured into it you can't. you can't you can't cover that time so at least give them something that well, says the they're giving thank you thank you right you know
0: it's,
1: and be gracious about what is offered you too oh yeah Do you absolutely. know what i mean like like i know and, and this is important too to realize it's okay to set limits and say no it costs me this much to travel mm-hmm. to x church so x church should at least be covering this, this and cost. a little bit yeah and then if they want to give you more, because I've had places do that, you know, I had one, I mean, probably the, the biggest one ever was, we just, it was a church in Gettysburg. So it wasn't that far for us because we're on the other side of York, on the Gettysburg mm-hmm. side of York. So we were like, okay, you know, if they just give me 50 bucks, it'll cover our gas. We can get some lunch on the way home. No big deal. So we get there and I shared and they gave me a good chunk of the service and I prayed over them and stuff. And afterwards the elders said we want to go back in a back room and they went in the back room and they came out and they handed me four hundred dollars oh wow but that that doesn't happen no it doesn't happen very often but they just were like we so appreciated what you did and we know that what you shared takes a lot of time and we just truly appreciate it because we hadn't fed that felt that fed in a long time yeah so you know what i mean it was like so just say thank you
0: yeah. Yeah. Quite. <laughs> that
1: was that was another that's another big lesson for all you young musicians. When you're up there and you've shared your song and you've made twenty mistakes that only you knew. Yeah,
0: exactly. No, <laughs> only you would ever know.
1: <laughs> and maybe one or two they did catch, but they don't care because you began and ended well. You walk off the stage and someone says, You did so well just say thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I run into the mistake all the time. No, police- actually
1: my voice teacher he played for me somewhere once in high school and i was started going in a whole trap oh but i could but i but i and he just looked at me because the next person walks up to
0: you is just say thank you <laughs> right 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 right
1: so i learned that lesson just say thank you <laughs>
0: right and it's it's such a hard thing to say isn't it, it?
1: is it because you know you, you know. know you
0: messed up and you want to make sure that they are not giving you false praise
1: right exactly
0: but you got to realize at least for those uh in performing most of the uh, most of the performers i talked to they're in like bars so half the people are inebriated anyway <laughs> so it sounds good to them no matter what yes right so at, at that point and you, you shouldn't tell them you shouldn't tell anybody that you made a mistake Exactly. You shouldn't tell anybody that, you, and you should never show that you made a mistake either. Yes. Because that's when people start to realize, oh, something's falling apart here.
1: Right. Instead, you just keep that same blank look. Or, or as- Smile. Um, one of my favorite guys I like to listen to speak is Benjamin Zander, who was mm. like the conductor of, I think it was the Boston Pops, for many years. And he he's fascinating now because he talks about his attitude shift through the years of being a conductor from- Acting like a jerk to his crew and getting on them for every little mistake and just being a, he calls himself, he goes, I was a jerk. Right. He goes to realizing I was just a member of this team and that I was gonna get far better results by building right. my building team, team up. up. And then he always says, When you learn to make a mistake in disco, yeah, that was interesting.
0: And move on. And move
1: right on. And it's so fabulous because I teach that to my higher level students now all the time. And they all know, too, that if we're in a recital or something and I'm accompanying them or they're watching me accompany another student and they see me get a big grin on my face, I've probably just messed up.
0: Oh, no. Same thing <laughs> Because here. I
1: have just totally learned to just go, Because huh. I'm thinking, oh, that, that was, was interesting.
0: Bro- <laughs> and I just keep going. <laughs> Uh, anytime I'm laughing during a performance, you know I messed up. Yes, exactly.
1: Which I've learned to at least not do that for. I just grin. But they all know it because I just smile. And... <laughs> but you do at least – it helps you relax too yeah, and recover yeah. so much faster. So
0: much faster and it helps you so pay much. more attention. Yes. Uh, because –
1: You're so much more focused again.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but – in the inverse if you if you start panicking then you start making yes. more mistakes
1: 10 times it can go south really go
0: south extremely if you just laugh it off say oh that was fun and you go ahead and and like learn to laugh at yourself you can't take yourself too seriously exactly exactly then you're gonna be in a downward spiral forever yep if you learn to laugh at yourself.
1: And loosen up because it, it up. keeps you, it, you know, you you play 10 times better. Oh, yes. It's so funny because I recently, You'll in the last yourself. few years, you know. started playing tennis. And I always loved tennis, but I never played. played. Mm. I mean, I hit balls with my kids a little. and But then I took a class outside one summer four years ago. And it was fun. It was just from a high school coach. And um, it's just once a week. And then that fall, I started taking some clinics and a few lessons. And now I play on several teams. And it's a blast, but that's the big thing. It's fun to go through the learning process again as a teacher and as an artist to see the similarities in the learning process because I've had to learn how in the world you when you get back out there on the tennis court and you're like this because you're in a match and you're gripping that racket so tight that you're like, ah, and you start to learn. You've got to loosen up. And it's so funny because I'm catching myself because I used to remember to tell students to like to watch for it when they would tell me their hands were starting to hurt. but Now I watch for it even faster and I'll see the little kid learning the new skill and their hands are shaking because it's so tight and you're yeah. like, loosen it up. And every musician on that stage, loosen up, take that deep breath first, take that whatever it takes to just get yourself to relax, even let your craft, let all the hard work do its right. job.
0: And especially if you have a band, you feel free to yes. drop out a little bit. Do um, you, you know who Daryl Davis is? No, I don't know him. You should look him up. Okay. He's an incredible black musician who, um, uh, early in his years, he started uh, converting KKK members. Oh wow, Out of that's the KK awesome. fe- uh, KKK, 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 out of yeah. the KKK, yeah. And um, I saw, I saw he was at Roots and Blues, and uh, he was doing this routine, and uh, he was playing the. You know, he he's knows the keyboard so well that he right. could just look away. Yes, and he 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 kind of his show is kind of like a master class in some sort of way. So uh, he'll be. Like, I don't even need this keyboard, and and so it he, he goes away. He, he, he's dripping with sweat. So he takes <laughs> his towel, and it's all part of the act. And meanwhile, the other band is just like keeping time. Like, what in the world is he doing? Yeah, because they never played together at all before. Oh, that's
1: awesome. Um,
0: so, uh, so they're like, what in the world is he doing? And he, he you know rubs his face. He relaxes for a little bit. And all of a sudden, throws the towel on the keyboard and starts playing right in time, perfectly. Oh, that's awesome! And he's playing like boogie woogie, so yep. it's like all over the place. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> what a moment! Yes, to, to realize, okay, I need a break. Yeah, quick, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna make a moment out of it.
1: Yep, and trust your fellow musicians on yep. that band. Oh you don't gosh. have to, you know. Like one of the big lessons I remember. I learned so many lessons by being in a band, too, yeah. which is awesome. Because as a piano player, one of the cool things is you can make your whole thing. Like one of my, one of my boys who's fallen in love with piano right now just goes, it's like the king of instruments because you can do it all. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. But sometimes you're in a band and you need to quit. You need to quit doing it all. Leave room yes. for your bass player. Oh, you need to quit doing so much rhythm that your poor guitar player can't find a rhythm. Right. You need to, you know, calm it down. Figure out when simple. to play, when not to play. Leave it, simp- you know, simple it up. You know what I mean? And learning to just do those fill things. Yeah. And the little things that just make it little more likes. beautiful. And then, like you said, just staying out when you need to.
0: Yeah. And I, I learned so much. I played at Roots and Blues at the jam session, and I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> but everybody else did. Yes. And so I just stayed on rhythm and then when it's the funniest thing uh when you're on in a jam session because people are always they'll they'll go they'll start playing and they go for a solo, right? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I'm like Yes, ah! <laughs> yes. <laughs> um but th- thank God that people I hate soloing because 'cause I'm not very good at I'm not I'm not tech technically uh efficient. Proficient. Proficient. Yeah. Proficient. Yep. Proficient enough. Um, to, enough to, like, do all the scales and all the – yes. I can do octaves fine. So that's what I'll do. I'm, uh, I know a little bit of Blue's Lick, so I'll just – add throw the, a couple like, of those in, I'll yeah. I'll throw a couple of those in. But for them to do – like, look at me and do, like, a four-measure solo – it's not happening, <laughs> and so I'm like, "Keep your head down. <laughs> you, can't, you can't look at me."
1: <laughs> okay, the yeah, other solo is ending. I'm looking down.
0: <laughs> yeah, yep, yep.
1: Yeah, I was fortunate enough to play with the uh, the one of the first worship leaders I worked with, like really worked with. He was a jazz musician. Mm. So, and he played for a couple of my songs in a concert one time, and he did that. He was just like looked at me, and I'm like, "Oh no, oh no, oh no!" But you just go for it. Yeah, and,
0: and that's that's. I, I think I. I'm blessed that these musicians will keep looking at you. Yes, <laughs> yes. How about <laughs> until it? How you about do it? it?
1: And th- yep, it's so true.
0: And, and that's that's throw that the, baby
1: in the water, right? Learn yes. <laughs> yep. that's well,
0: that's where the growth growth yes. starts is by because first off, soloing it's you, there are, there are good solos and bad solos, yes. but you're gonna you're gonna learn. And people are going to congratulate you anyway yeah. for doing oh, yeah. it. Because yeah. you went for it. Because you went for it.
1: Yes. I, tell, I give a speech to my students just before a performance. And I say, especially, especially a recital, because I say, everybody here is either doing what you're doing or they're a friend or family of someone who's doing what you're doing. Right. You'll never get a friendlier audience. They're going to cheer for you no matter what. So that let that allow you to relax. Yeah, it's, it's and like, when you're on a stage with musicians who are allowing you to take that solo, they're cheering for you. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So go for it. And it's funny because it's a similar process. I kept thinking of the process that I'm always teaching girls to do of ad-libbing, mm. especially with jazz. Mm-hmm. You know, And I'll tell them, listen to the masters, like Ella Fitzgerald. Listen, imitate it first. Then and I'll even tell yeah. them, when I give you a jazz song that has a section for, imi- for ad-libs, at first, you don't have to necessarily ad-lib. You can learn, quote unquote, learn and ad-lib yeah. and keep doing it. Like you said, you had those jazz licks in your head. Yeah. So you pulled them out. And I was like, that that's the start of it. You do that enough till you've calmed down. And then the next thing you know, when, you've, when you're calm you enough, you, know you will start hearing your own stuff because you've imitated the masters, you've done it, and then you go for it. And I said, that's how I, because they always look at me because I'm always improv. Every right. time I do it, it's different. And they're like... How did you just do that? And I'm like, because I've done it a million times, yes, exactly. and I'm now comfortable.
0: It's it's funny. Whenever I'm, I'm swimming around, just doing my own thing, I'm always uh, <laughs> I love uh, bebop. So I'll be ah. like, yes. you know, whatever. And yep. I can't sing for the life of me. But people are, <laughs> people are like, how do you do that? How do you not get tongue twisted? How do, you know? How, it's like it's just something fun I'd like to do. Yeah. So and, it's a
1: blast then, Yeah,
0: Yeah, and then whenever I get a chance, I'll throw it into a song and make sure it's correct. Oh,
1: but yeah, it yeah. But it'll,
0: it'll, you know, but it all works out anyway.
1: Right, right.
0: So I'm curious, what are some of your future projects that you have coming up?
1: Um Right now, we are. I'm working on two big things. Right now, we're working on a Psalms project, which I had an idea for a couple of years ago. So Isaiah and I have been writing for a year or two. Mm. We've really committed to it this past year, though, to make sure we're getting together weekly and either running songs or getting a new one. So we have several of the songs done for that, and we plan on releasing those soon. We've just been looking at the shifting way that you release music, right. so we've been trying to decide. You know, do you do it as a traditional album? Or are we going to do it as a series of different videos where and then release it on streaming, which is the way we're leaning. Um, so that'll be released under the title North Main Street Worship. And like I said, at first, it's just going to all focus on Psalms. And the, um, and then we'll go from there. Um, and then the other thing is, and this is funny because I was trying to decide which book project was next, because mm. which devotional series... And out of the um, morning pages that I've been writing this summer, I came up with an entirely brand new one. And it's um, the last book I wrote was called "The Road to Life," and that looks at the final week of Jesus' life, and it takes you just through readings of that mm-hmm. and then devotionals each day for forty days leading up to Easter. Um, you can use it for that, or you could, since it's the final week of Jesus' life, you could use it kind of anytime. Right, but um, we we kind of plugged it that way to start. Um, But this one, I'm going to call it road trip. And so it's just on different roads in life that we take. Mm. So, and it was just so funny because it totally came out of those morning writings. And I think I was writing something just silly that morning (laughs) at first. And then all of a sudden I was just like, you know, it's just like, oh, I looked at the title of the last book, Laying on a Shelf. And I was thinking of something, I can't remember, I can't remember this segue now, but it was just like, went off the, the title of The Road to Life. And I went off of, on some other topic. And the next, you know, I'm writing this whole thing on. It's like this road, the road that we take, the bumpy road of grief mm. or the, you know, the road less traveled mm-hmm. um, detours, you know. To, and so I came up with this whole series of them. And so I think I have 28 because um, I I'll want at least 30 because right. I usually like to have at least like a 30 day devotional because that's a good amount that people like. And so I stick to devotional content just because that's kind of my forte. I just want some piece of God's word that they focus on because that's been, you know, of course, my lifeblood. Right. You know, as you as a Christian, that that becomes so central to your life. And then I share a devotional, and because that's kind of like my my deal is storytelling. So a lot of times it's a story from my life or somebody else's, and then that kind of leads you to what was the meaning of that verse.
0: Mm. So, how does Obviously, as a Christian, your faith <laughs> plays in a lot of decisions. Uh, what are what are some of the ways that your faith has been challenged, perhaps in this mm. in this career?
1: Um, well, through misconceptions of what it means to be an artist and a mm-hmm. creative and a Christian. Um, realizing one of the things I love in the artist way is something I've believed in for years because I was always saying, "God is the most creative. Look at the world around us." Right. I mean, how many types of stones are there? How many types of flowers are there? And they all have the intricate detail. Why are we not just as creative as his followers? So that's always been a kind of a pet peeve. And it's so funny because in the artist way, she's always saying that it's getting in tune with your creator and realizing that way is you a were. Yes, yeah, okay. the artist way is a book, and it's written for it's written for anybody. And in fact, she's very careful to make sure that she puts. You know, it's obvious she's found Christ in her walk, but. She writes it in a in a way that anybody can relate to it. I mean, mm-hmm. She always says, trust me, if you start digging deep enough into your creative self, you're gonna realize you have a creator. Right, <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of cool. But just just embracing that, embracing that God made me a creative. So use it. Yeah. Um and then some of the other ways it's been challenged is just oh, I don't know, just finding the right ways to use it in the right places and then not letting things like church hurt get in the way, Mm. Um, not getting not letting things like the way people view what you've done get in the way, Um, not letting even even yourself sometimes feeling that, oh, it's selfish for me to take those two hours and go finish that song. Or it's selfish for me to spend a little bit more and go to right coast recording to record and not learn to do it myself.
0: Or maybe it's I have prideful.
1: Re- yeah, exactly. Prideful is another big word that you struggle with. Um, so reconciling that, no, this is what he made me to do. So I need to do it, and I need to do it to the best of my ability. Mm. Yes, not be wasteful. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. He gives me, you know, because one of the big things I found is I'll have a tendency as a creative to, buy that great piece of equipment and then yep, not, learn to, and use not it. learn
0: to use it yep there it is and,
1: oh i get so convicted on that one because then i'll just sit there and look at it and go but you need to you know but what i, I mean
0: <laughs> eventually i'm gonna figure it out
1: exactly
0: and it's worth it
1: and then and then there's the counterside to that to saying i did produce one of my own albums once it was just okay I'm not a producer and that's okay. But I have also learned to produce enough to get some of my own ideas down, Mm. which is good because then I can hear it better. So when I go to the studio, I'm not spending extra hours trying to figure out, no, I don't like the direction they're going with that song. But what did I want? I have no idea. Now I go with a better idea because I've tried things at home. And then even on the last project on the long awaited one album, I actually recorded a whole bunch of those strings and a whole bunch of the background vocals at home Mm. because I was proficient enough to To be able to record those things and then take it to Bobby and then he could put it into the computer, add the extra layers it needed or, you know, uh, pull out a little bit of background noise or anything that had gotten in there. And so I was actually able... To save a little money by doing that. and But it wasn't so much about saving money as much as even I sometimes allow myself to be extra creative at home. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, like I did I did a version of Silent Night on that Christmas album that sounds like it sounds very Charlie Brown. Mm. Like I did these jazz chords and I did these oohs that are very jazz and it really does. It has a Charlie Brown vibe. That's cool. And I had so many layers of background vocals. I thought I did too many. And I took them all to Bobby, and I said, eh, you can weed through this. I did a ton. He goes, no, I love them all. And he somehow <laughs> got them all in. And I don't know how, but he did. And it sounds really cool because it, it added to the Charlie Brown vibe. That's
0: awesome. So what, maybe uh, what are some of the mistakes that you think you've made or uh, you've seen other people make in, or students, teachers, oh. uh, that, you, that you would like to give advice to or speak to so that way we, we, future artists don't make them again?
1: Do, do it. Do it. Do it. Play your instrument. Do it. Sing. <laughs> write that song. Even if you think it stinks, write that song. Another one could be coming. Yeah. Some of my worst little tidbits either turned into something great or got rid of it, you know, got this idea out and the next thing refined, that came was yeah. great. You know, some of my best stuff was born from that. There was a song that I wrote on the My Rescuer Project called How Wonderful, which was, a, I took an old hymn. When I was struggling with lyric writing, because the lyrics was always the harder thing for me. The music was the easier part. Writing the lyrics, because you felt like, do I even have anything worth saying? You know, sometimes you feel like that. Because um, I'm not just, just the, the poet first. I was the musician first. So I, I would take old hymns and rewrite them. And this was one of those. And the first time I wrote it, and I recorded it on my eight track thing, I was like, I sound terrible on that. But there was some nugget in it that just kept going, but there's something good in this. Mm. I kinda like it. So I worked really hard on the vocal. And the next thing I liked it. And then I gave it to a real guitar player because I had been using like one of those little things that you could hold down a chord and it would arpeggiate it for you to make it sound like a guitar, but it yeah. didn't and it didn't work it didn't as well work on that. Well. Yeah. It had worked well on another song. And uh, so There's only but, so much you can do. Yeah, exactly. But this other guy was able to take that and really turn it into something. But this song oh my word, and it turned into one of my favorite songs on the album. And I almost trashed the idea because I hated the way my vocal sounded the first time. Oh my. And like I said, it turned out to be like totally four fine. layers of vocal and just this incredible guitar part my friend wrote. And he like changed one chord the way the progression went. And it was brilliant. And he goes, oh, does that work with your vocal? I said, I don't care if it works with the vocal I had. It. I will make Exactly. Right. And so number one, just do it. Number two, share it. Yes. Um, yeah. Get over your fear of it. Um, learn to learn how to take criticism. Learn to listen for, because there will be people who will beat you down because they're kind of envious that you're just going right. for it and yeah. they're not. So learn to listen for that. There will also be the hypercritical, because like one of the big things I've learned as a teacher who I've sent students to competition type things, sometimes a judge writes something to just write something. Yeah. And you'll look at it and you'll have three judges um, tell something. And two of them raved on it. And the third one is like beating up the same thing the other two raved on. And you're, you realize that person just really needed it. And, and I have felt it as a judge for some of those things. You do. You struggle over what do I say? What do I, because I always want to build up. But yet you do mm-hmm. want to be constructive too. So I've always been trying to be really careful of being truly constructive, saying this is what I'm hearing, but don't worry, it's minor or it just takes a small tweak. Right. Because one of the things as a voice student I remember is my teacher would tell me something and I w- I thought they meant I was doing it horribly because they gave me a criticism. And really they meant it was, meant, just, bit, it was just tweaking a little yeah. bit. And Because like now I can listen to recordings of myself as a teenager and go – what was I, I was so hard on myself when I first right. listened. Oh, that's a, That's going to be the next thing. Listen,
0: listen <laughs> but, to yourself. Okay. Right. But First
1: critic, you know, learn to take the criticism, but just keep sharing, keep sharing, grow from it and don't let it make you stop. Don't go home. If you get one bad piece of criticism, don't let it make you stop. Remember that many times that bad criticism st- sounds a thousand times louder than the five people who walked up to you afterwards and told you how good it was. Remember that there were five great people that right. walked up and told you how great it was. Try to find the kernel of truth in what that other person said and then move on and keep writing, keep creating. And then what was I just saying? Listen. Listen. As soon as you can, learn to listen to yourself. Um, as a teenager, I couldn't stand the sound of my voice I because. Can't stand the sound of voice. Well, I mean, it, because it does, it sounds so different than it does in your own head. Yeah. Um, and And also, as a young musician, because I got to hear myself really young. You sound older because in your head, you're trying to create the tone that you're hearing from older musicians. And then you hear it and you're like, oh, I sound like a little kid. You are a little kid. It's okay. Right, exactly. it's <laughs> yeah, the point. Yeah. Um, and then as a teenager and then even as a young adult, like it was really tough for me. The very first album, the first full album I did, um, I was 21. As we did it in the studio, I had already done commercials.
0: Mm-hmm. I had
1: already done backgrounds on other people's albums. I had already done like so many things, like auditions for things. But now, a lot of times, auditions you only have to listen once, right? So that's a little easier because you can listen once. You're not crazy over maybe listen twice, um, but then you don't start ripping it apart as much. My mm. album, I was thrilled with it at the studio. Like I was very happy when it came in the mail, and I listened to it the first time. I was like still pretty happy. The next time, I started hearing every mistake. After that, I started ripping it to shreds. Yeah, all I mean the 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 mistakes felt like this big too. Right, and now I listen to it, and there's very little. I like listen to it. Go, it was little things here and there that you're that are just growth as a musician that just needed time.
0: Needed time, yeah.
1: And so listen, but in the early days when you when you have that tendency to want to rip it to shreds, don't listen that long. And- listen a little. Take what you can from it. Go, oh, they're right. I'm not letting the air make that note change happening. I was trying to force it so it kind of fell off. Right. And so then I go, okay, learn from that. That is what I'm doing. So relax and let the air do its job. And then don't, don't keep listening to it going, I suck. Right. Listen to it and go, oh, I have some things to learn.
0: Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And it's okay to release unperfect un- things.
1: Yes, that's the other thing. I mean, it really is. It's okay, (laughs) you know, because it's just going to make you a better musician and down the road.
0: People see the growth as well. Yes,
1: and I had a a really hard time releasing anything I didn't think was perfect. My husband laughs about that. He goes, if people knew the sheer volume of stuff that you have written, (laughs) 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 that you just wouldn't let anybody hear. And I'm like, you're right, because I, you know, and there's some good to that. There's some good to being, you know. To learn to critique your stuff a little. Yeah. But like I said, listen, because now it's one of my favorite tools. Because I'll listen to something and I don't give up on a song quite as quick. I'll just be like, mm, that section, that mm. needs some work. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, hey, I'm liking that groove. Mm, I'm not real crazy over the verses. I, I let my melody get a little too predictable, a little too simple. You know what I mean? For yeah. For a creative piece as opposed to like, let's say, a worship piece where you're right. trying to make sure it's singable.
0: For other people. yes. So, last question I
1: have for you. <laughs> okay.
0: What is worship to you?
1: Oh, worship to me. It was funny cuz I just I watched yesterday's with Caleb's. Caleb <laughs> Yeah, and it was funny cuz like um really enjoyed that. He said a couple things that really spoke to me that day too. So, thank you Caleb if you got to listen to this at all. It was really good. Um but I totally agree too that it is a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like first and foremost, realize that cuz I think that helps you When you realize that that's the truth of the word worship—that it is how we live our lives, giving glory to God—if you really realize that, it's going to color the way you look at corporate worship. It's going to color the way you look at all the other ways that we look at the word worship, the music that you choose to go into it, the praying, the sharing of God's word together. You know, I mean, all of those things will be colored by it's ultimately about God. It's not about the preferences of the room. It's not about the, the it's not even about the people. Because one of the things I struggled with early as a worship leader is I can be a people pleaser. Mm. And it was one of the reasons why it was hard to share sometimes too, because you were so worried about pleasing your audience. I found that sometimes it was a good thing because you could look at your audience and say, oh, this audience is going to be moved by this style of music. So I'm going to give them a, a lot of that style. But then I also said, I'm going to also challenge them a little. And I would give them a little bit of my own. And usually by the time you've played to what's going to move them, they're also willing to listen to what moves you. Mm. So that's kind of cool too. But um, it was funny because, in fact, like one time recently, I was sharing a new song as the worship leader that Sunday. And I gave a little preference to it because they were like, we didn't give any kind of preface that this new song was coming. Would you go ahead and just say that it's a new song? But I just simply said, I said, listen, we have this new song this week and during the week I was really struck by the words. So I hope that as we share it, you're just going to take time to really take those words in and then just sing along as you're moved to sing along, but really listen to those words. And it was so funny because the pastor said to me after that moved me, you Mm. made me want to love that song because you loved that song. And it was so funny. He goes, cause that, that, that group that, because we have multi sites yeah. and he goes, that room sang it better than any room that he was in that day. And he just goes, cause you're, you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. You know, when we worship, we're sharing our heart and as lead worshipers, many times remember that you are the lead worshiper, right? You've done the work. Cause I tell students this in shows too. I said, you did the work already. Now you're going up to perform. Now you're just laying what you worked the same is true in worship in a different on a different, a different level. level. Yeah. But you have done the work, you've chosen the songs, you've picked the right keys, you've made sure everything's put together. And even in the little things that don't go right, it's okay. Just keep moving forward because that's always gonna happen. But be a worshiper while you're doing it then. You've done the work, trust give it. it. To the audience. Trust the yeah. work, give it to them, let them give it to God. Yeah. And and true worship happens then.
0: Wow. Well. This has been a lot of fun. <laughs> it has been. <laughs> I'm super happy to uh, have you on, and I'm super excited to listen to more of your stuff and all of all oh, the thanks. stuff that's coming out. You got, yeah. you, do you have any performances coming up at all? Um,
1: not right now, but some stuff that we're in the works of, because hmm. what we're trying to do is put together a Christmas uh, a, a show from it, Because I was doing a lot of lives on Facebook over the couple years, and then I kind of quit doing them for a few months, and then so so yeah, we're getting ready to do those videos, and we want to do like a little concert tour of the Christmas stuff for the long-awaited one.
0: Awesome! Well, be sure to check out her stuff on Spotify, all pretty much anywhere at Pauline's (laughs) Music. Check out her website, where I'm sure that all that yeah, all the links are available all there. there. Yep. And if you guys have really. Enjoy this, be sure to uh follow me. Yeah, there <laughs> wow. you go. This uh, is good
1: stuff, guys. You'll enjoy it. Yeah.
0: At The Story Podcast, um, you can find that. If you search The Story Koi Rosen on any streaming platform, it'll pop up. It's the red letter red neon lights on the big big brick background. <laughs> I wish I could speak sometimes. Even though it's kind yeah, of my job it's now. Your job
1: now. <laughs>
0: but with all that said, we're gonna we're gonna have a I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Tomorrow, tune in for a Millsville neuroscience professor. Ooh. Who is also a really good musician. Awesome. Mr. Sean Gallagher. That will be at 10.30 tomorrow. Please be sure to tune in then. With all that said, please if you really want to support us, I can't trust this enough. If you really want to support me, <laughs> check out our shop. We have stickers, and we have hoodies and shirts with the first 50 guests on the back. And they are limited, by the way. Oh, Limited no. supply. <laughs> yeah. So be sure to, to check that out. With all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.